what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Flat Out Friday was awesome. It's so cool to see so many motorcycle enthusiasts all gathered in one spot to see some motorcycles and some great motorcycle racing. Hats off definitely to Bronson Bauman. After falling off in the main event, still picked himself up and went on to win the pro main event. Took home most of the cash. Motion Pro, Cycle Gear, and TDFJ all announced they're going to renew and will be a part of AFT once again this year. NBCSN also announcing a multi-year agreement with AFT. Hopefully you'll hear more about that here pretty soon. We've reached out to Michael Locke, uh, the CEO of AFT. Hope to have him on soon. Also new, I just saw that Bugs Pierce and Robbie Pierce number 27 will ride an Indian for RJ Performance, and the tuner is Rick Canode. People in the pits might know him as Ricky Racer. He used to be the tuner for Ronnie Jones, a good friend of mine. So it'll be cool to see another rider on an Indian in 2018. This week's guest is Johnny Lewis, and he knows a thing or two about putting different brands into main events. He's actually rode more twins into Grand National main events than anyone in the history of our sport. Hello. Johnny Lewis, what's going on? Yeah, this is him. <laughs> How are you, Scotty? <laughs> I'm great, man. It's good to catch up with you. I uh, just got a picture of you, and you're you're holding a cup of coffee. Where are you at? Um, just ran into town. I live live down here in Florida, but I kind of kind of excluded myself from everything. Live in a little town, Center Hill, and uh, have I kind of have to run into town to get good service. I, you know, I knew I was I got this important phone call with uh, Sky Doobler, yeah. the voice of Flat Tracks, that I had to I had to make sure I had crystal clear service. We're down in the valley in the center center of Florida, so we had to, um, you know, like all the bicycle guys, all everybody knows, you know, the tallest point's only about 20 minutes from me. So, yeah, we're, we're roughly in that area just to, you know, get that get that connection for across the country for, for you. I appreciate it. So uh, what's been going on since Paris? That was the last time I saw you out in California at the season finale. What's been going on? <laughs> what hasn't been going on? I've just been nonstop with schools. Um you know, I started schools, you know, my 10 training up, uh, this winter, um, you know, I've just been pounding away at that, but building a new facility at the same time. And, you know, I have people coming in and out of that. And then also going to other racetracks. I've been out to Pensacola. Um, I traveled North to North Florida to use a little track there. Um, uh, in a couple of weeks, I head up to uh, Shelbyville, Tennessee to do a school an indoor school. And then, uh, you know, just, also just prepping for Daytona. Sounds like you're the busiest man that I know. I, I love watching you on social media. You, you're, you're building, you know, container box houses, working on racetracks and working with a lot of different riders. So I, I love following you on social media. It's definitely worth the follow. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those roller coasters that you just don't want to get off of, you know, it's, everything's kind of clicking. You know, I got the, the school where I really, really enjoy it. I have, I have, you know, I'm tracking the people that I want, you know, to be training. You know, there's, there's anywhere from young kids to, you know, older riders that are just getting into it for fun, for a hobby. And then also working with, you know, some of these super talented up and coming riders. And it's a, it's a very good mix for me. Kind of keeps me humble, I guess I could say, as far as uh, getting back down to, you know, the basics, but also, uh, reintroducing the basics to some of these top riders that, you know, maybe they, maybe they're skipping a step here and there and I have to kind of put them in their place and remind them. And then, you know, then I take them road biking or stuff like that, the physical side too, and, and show them that, I, you know, I am 28 years old, but I'm still not, I'm still not that old Scotty, you know, you just have to right. remind these kids. Yeah. You have to show them that you're still, still fast and uh, not that old. Right. I like it. So how did, <laughs> how did you come up with, 10 training. What was the, what was the vision behind it? You know, I've been, I've been training people for, for years. I mean, even before I did another school with somebody else, it's, uh, you know, one of the first, you know, my earliest times I remember like kind of taking somebody with my wing was actually, uh, you know, flat tracker, now road racer, uh, Nick McFadden. The kid was like nine years old and his dad literally 
had somebody drive him from Kentucky all the way up to my house in Pennsylvania and dropped him off at nine years old and said, Hey, like train this kid for a week, you know, and uh, take him riding and do everything. So, you know, it was just kind of a, a pure passion of mine. I just loved, loved, uh, you know, sharing my knowledge. And that's kind of what is, keeps driving me is, um, you know, just being able to provide a, a knowledge, whether it's on the motorcycle, off the motorcycle, I'm continuing to progress as a person, just as a human being, as we do, as we get older, you know, mentally, physically, um, you know, uh, I don't say spiritually, but, you know, kind of connecting more, um, with, with everything around me. And, uh, you know, just kind of sharing that has just been, you know, a, a very deep passion of mine and, you know, almost more than racing for me. I, I love, I love the teaching. I love racing, but I really love teaching and, and seeing the, everybody have that, you know, like aha moment, you know, like, wow, really, you know, whether it's, like I said, whether it's, you know, 55 year old woman that's never even thought about riding motorcycle came to my school because she just wanted to support her, her boyfriend or husband and jumps on the bike. And then I could not get her off of it. You know, it's like, that's, that was like pretty, you know, stuff like that is pretty neat to me, but then also, um, you know, seeing, seeing other riders, you know, it's like I said, you know, these top, top level, you know, amateur guys chasing that goal of, you know, becoming the next, you know, Jared Meese, Brian Smith, or, uh, you know, somebody, somebody of that caliber that is winning championships and, and putting everything they got into this. And, uh, you know, it's not what I've done. I haven't chased it, you know, the, the American flat trick stuff like that, but I know what it could take and I know what it takes to do it. I just, uh, you know, kind of driven in different passions. So that's why I kind of kept pursuing and, and still pursuing, you know, building facility instead of really focusing really heavily on a race program. I mean, I invested pretty much my life savings into a facility to help other riders. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the whole, whole gist of, uh, 10 training in a, in a, you know, short, as short as I could give it, Scotty. Yeah, it's it's a lot more than just riding, though. I mean, you you teach him how to eat better. I saw Cole Zabala was down there, and he was working on some monkey bars. And then you guys took him on a on a long, you know, bicycle ride. And you know, who who else is down there that that's been down there just recently? I know Dallas Daniels, and and but a lot of fast guys have been down there recently. Yeah, it, it is like like you said, Cole. Um, you know, is uh, came down here, and he's like a prime example. He's one of those kids that, you know. Uh, I worked with him before he was pro. He turns pro. He's always asking for advice. He's wanting a little bit more. Um, you know, his best race last year was, was I think, New York, where I think he got eighth. And the next day I had a school schedule, and he comes over to me right after he's done the race. He just got his best career, best finish. He's like, hey, can I, can I take part in that in the school, you know, the next day? He's like, I, I want you to, to – I, wa- I want to know what I did wrong. You know, like what could I have approved on? You know, and that's like, it was really neat to see where other people were like, oh, I just got my best finish. Cool. I'm going home. I'm going to celebrate with this kid. It's like already back to, you know, wanting, wanting more. And, uh, you know, he, he's a, you know, just using him as an example, a kid that works super hard, you know, full-time job, his mom, you know, he puts a lot into his program to make this happen. And, uh, you know, still he was like, Hey, I'm going to not go to work for a week. I'm going to come down and train with you. You know, the kid's never been on a road bike. You know, he's got a wrestling background and stuff, you know, so he's a very strong, naturally strong rider. Um, but I said, Hey, we got to loosen you up. We got to, you know, those legs a little, you know, just try to tone you down a little bit. And, uh, you know, he came down and the kid impressed me on a road bike, but also was just, you know, sitting there and, and really processing it all. And, you know, to me, that's, that's neat, you know, like, and then, like you said, Dallas Daniels is one kid that I've always worked with, uh, me and you know his father Nick are are really good friends, and we've we've worked together as a you know rider and mechanic over the years too for certain races, and just have this good relationship, a good bind, and um, you know, and still like even someone like Dallas, who is you know one of the fastest kids in the country as far as amateur, he still he, he doesn't turn sixteen for you know a while. Um, you know, he's still just chasing inches, you know, and just getting him to want every, every inch on that track that he can perform better on. And, 
you know, and then, you know, physically and mentally and stuff like that. So, you know, and I got other guys that are, are, are coming in and out of the facility, some road racers that talk to a lot of guys, trying to give them as much advice as I can, you know, cause I know everybody's, you know, can't come and train with me full time, but you know, there's other ways of, of getting some of this stuff over to them. So we have a good program. We, we have actually are, we're progressing and we have some pretty neat stuff. I think we're going to uh, be launching here with 10 training in, in the near future that really, uh, you know, helps elevate the sport, you know, like to me, flat track is a very secretive sport. And, um, I don't think it needs to be that way. I think that's kind of what hindered, you know, flat track in itself, you know, like getting more people involved with it because the knowledge out there is very, very secretive. And you know that. So I'm kind of, kind of want to open that door a little bit and, and trying to share some of this and help, help more people progress because more, you know, the riders progress and more people get involved, brings, you know, more sponsorship, all that kind of stuff, you know, involve more fans. So it's kind of the, uh, the, ultimate goal of uh, 10 training too is just you know see everything progress so when somebody signs up like say i i got a hold of you i wanted to be part of 10 training how long would would my course be or does it just vary depending on each particular rider or how does all that work out or how do you figure that out yeah well most of the time like i set dates you know um i have a couple dates on the website and it's like hey this is the dates that I set, you know, this is a three day. This is what you get when you come to a three day. Um, Hey, that's what you get when you come to a four day, you can eat my food. You can not eat my food. You know, these are the benefits of it. This, you know, so, but I, what I always do is I most of the time tell everybody, Hey, give me, if you're serious and you want more of a one-on-one feel, like you give me a call and we discuss what your wants, your needs, your desires, like some personal stuff. And it helps me kind of build that bigger picture and, it allows me to, uh, you know, kind of dig deep, you know, kind of, you know, dig into what needs to be worked on. And, uh, um, you know, so for somebody like you, Scotty, we got a lot of work to do. So I know we, that, um, we, we, <laughs> but, um, no, it, it's just, it, it becomes very one-on-one, even though like, you know, I got to do classes that are, uh, you know, four day and maybe there's four riders or four days and six riders. That's kind of my max. Um, you know, I do one days with 10 riders, but the, the whole approach is a little different. It's more of just, you know, more of the, you and the bike versus you, you know, like the other days we get pretty, pretty in depth, you know, in depth what's going on. My wife, Alicia studied restorative exercise. So it's more of like a, you know, therapeutic way of restoring the body. And, and, you know, once you realize how much balance goes into flat track or riding a motorcycle or everything that the connection with everything we do helps, you know, there's, there's never really a downfall of, of adding one thing or making one thing a little better. So unfortunately I've kind of came a, you know, not just a motorcycle coach, but you know, a life coach, a mentor, a, a therapist, you know, like breaking everything down, it, it gets uh, pretty powerful, you know, like it's because you start to empower people with, with not just, racing and riding a motorcycle but then i get guys that come to me and, and when they leave they're like and like you just made something up you know I- impact on me that i can take over to my my full-time job as a you know an attorney or a lawyer or a international pilot or whatever and i can see the crossover and it's going to make me better at that and it's like it's kind of cool that a motorcycle is a tool and you can do that and that's what you know, I always joke everybody, motorcycle to me is a tool and it's just a tool of life. So, Man. you know, just looking at it that way, I, I try to approach everything kind of, I, I'm getting deeper in my older age there, Scotty. <laughs> Dude, I don't know <laughs> if you meant to do that or not, but you just put goosebumps on my arms. I think it's so cool what you're doing and, and helping out these people and, and, you know, fulfilling their life and, and you're teaching them stuff that they'll never, ever forget. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's all about get, being programmed, trying to program them. <laughs> yeah. Before we move completely away from, before we move completely away from JL 10, uh, I saw a little while back that there was a press release that you're going to actually sponsor Chase Sadoff on the Husqvarna. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Yeah. You know, so Chase is one of those kids that, um, yes, he is a very talented little human being on a motorcycle, but it's also his personality, you know, his, his parents, is just the, 
the vibe that I get from them. And, you know, they're, they're just a, such a great family. And they asked me about, Hey, you know, what bikes should we, we get? Or what should we do? Hey, we, we had a Husky, you're racing your, your schools. Um, you, you have Huskies for your school. What do you think of them? I say, well, you want to try one? You know, I have one. And they're like, well, what do you think of them? I'm like, well, I think they're pretty good. You know, um, you know, electric star, the power delivery, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how the whole conversation started. And then it was, all right, well, you know, what do you think about this? And I said, well, why don't you just let me build it for you? I'll, uh, you know, I'll kind of sponsor you. I'll, I'll do everything basically at, at my cost, you know, like try to get it as, as low as we can for you to get it out there and kind of represent because the kid, he, he, even if he doesn't win, the kid still got a, the biggest smile on his face, you know? And, and, uh, that's the, that's the most, you know, to me, it's not always about winning. It's about the performance that day. And, you know, that kid is kind of, kind of realized that at a very young age and you know so it, it was uh you know I, I helped him set up a motorcycle i set the motorcycle up at my suspension guy do it we went down we i delivered it we went and did a, a school they came to the school and it was kind of a a shakedown of the bike and you know it was a big transition going from a, an 85 to a 250 so you know we just kind of worked through it and stuff so yeah he's kind of like my little you know my little little protege that i want to you know see succeed you know both on track and off track so it's it's cool to be associated with a family that's um you know so willing for me to kind of share my advice and stuff so that's how that whole i like case that off uh 10 training sponsorship came together he's a really good kid i uh, you know he goes out of his way to to say hi to me whenever he sees me and at the dirt track grand championships i don't get much of a break because you know there's so many races and he'll stop by and bring me a bottle of water just out of the blue. And I just think that's the coolest thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause I just sit there and talk all day, but anyways, uh, he's a good kid. So I think you got to put number 10 on that motorcycle though, and, and make it even more like a little protege. <laughs> he rocks number six pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yes. Alrighty. So we'll, we'll see. I see. I got you. So let's, let's uh, get to know Johnny Lewis a little bit more. Uh, you're the youngest rider to win an AMA supermoto main event. Is that correct still? It was the, the unlimited class. So there's three different classes and unlimited was kind of like filled with all the veteran guys, you know, like Mickey diamond, you know, who he won a supercross championship. I think before I was even born, you know, like, but he came <laughs> back and raced supermoto. And then uh, Kurt Nicole, he was, uh, I think, three-time second-place MX World Champion. Um, you know, he got second place that many times. but uh, And he was, like, 40 years old at the, at the time. So, um, so actually, you know, I was 16 years old racing the Unlimited class when everybody else was, like, 16 years old racing the 250 class. And I was riding for Factory ATM. And, and uh, so I, I won that. So, yeah, I'm the youngest in that class to win. But it's pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Cause it was kind of like the, the wicked fast veteran, you know, kind of class. I don't know. Luck, luck of the draw that day it was a big. Uh, it was Nashville Speedway, and it was a big five eighths, uh, paved oval, with an infield section, and you know, kind of using a little bit of dirt track style around the banking road race style, and kind of connected it all, and smoked them guys that day. But you know, looking back now, that was already, twelve years ago. That's crazy. That's a, that's a good story for sure. One you'll never forget. So, uh, how did you get started riding motorcycles and get in into flat track? <laughs> it's a pretty interesting story. So I grew up, um, you know, my dad always had motorcycles. He never raced. Like I mean, if, if you see my dad, you'd realize he was five and he was just not a flat tracker. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he always had motorcycles. We grew up on farm, you know, I actually rode horses and, you know, showed horses and, did all that stuff. And then I just kind of a suit played some soccer and then dad ended up buying me a PW 50, I think when I was like six and then, um, you know, left the training wheels on, Hey, go ride this thing in the field. Well, you know, those training wheels, you know, you're not supposed to ride a motorcycle training wheels and that thing right around the horse ring hits a rock <laughs> and swings me and slams me right into the fence post. So that, and oh, it was on TV, so we still have it somewhere, but, um, that's kind of how I got into it. And then, it just kind of luck of the draw. My dad's like, Oh, let's, let's go to a race. And my first race was actually a motocross. And I went to a motocross race and, uh, it was district six motocross. And, uh, you know, I, I got second place. So my dad looked at the, this, the little district book and, Oh, the next race is this weekend. It's trailway speedway. And, uh, we show up 
and he he said he showed up, he pulled in, and was like, oh, this is a like a car track. You know, end up being a quarter mile flat track. He didn't know. He thought we were going to another motocross race, and yeah. um, that's kind of how I fell into it. And then we met, you know, guys like Jared Mees, and realized that Jared Mees lived three miles down the road from me, on the same road, you know, Telegraph Road in, wow. in Pennsylvania. So uh, just kind of connected with some people, and then stuck with with flat track. And, you know, I kind of joke, jokingly joke, like, man. If I adapted to flat track as good as it did, man, imagine if I would adapt to motocross that good, you know, and like, you guys make a lot more money, you know, <laughs> we got to, I, mean, I bust on my dad a little bit sometimes about that, but you know, it, uh, that's kind of, we just fell into it and just really, it's just the people that kept drawing us back, you know, the family, uh, atmosphere, the, the willingness to share, you know, the little bit of knowledge that people share at the amateur level, um, you know, people would, you know, help us get going. So that's kind of how we just, we just fell into the whole flat track world. And thankfully I did. I met some great people, met my wife, you know, it's all that kind of stuff is, uh, all, all happens for a reason there, Scotty. Absolutely. It's just the way the, the stars align that particular day. And, you know, once you go flat track, it, you, you'll never get it out of your blood. That's for sure. So, uh, let's talk about 2017 a little bit. Do you actually uh, put three different brands of motorcycles into the main events, you know, Ducati, Harley Davidson, and then ending at the end of the season, adding to the collection, you're the, you're the rider that's put more brands of twins in main events than anybody else. So is that a feather in your cap or how do you, how do you take that when somebody says that? Uh, man, I think it's cool, but then I think, man, it means I've ridden a lot of different motorcycles where, you look at guys like Jared Mees and Brian Smith, they've really, you know, yeah, Brian Smith now has ridden three different brands, you know, basically his career. But, you know, somebody like Jared, he's only ridden two different brands, you know, an XR 750 and an Indian, you know, FTR 750. And, uh, you know, where I look at myself and I'm like, yeah, I rode an XR 750 once and I rode an Indian twice, but I rode a Kawasaki, you know, a, KTM, I did a Dutch Neuro for Triumph, I rode a, you know, Zuki, I rode a dual, you know, I think I was the last person to put a dual shocker XR750 into, uh, you know, a main event, you know, I did that when I was riding for Triumph, because it broke and somebody pulled out a vintage, you know, vintage XR750 that raced two nights before at Davenport, Iowa or something at a vintage race, so, you know, I look at it as like, ah, that's, that's cool, but then it's also, man, I just... I haven't had the the pure opportunities that I'd love to have, but on the flip side, that's also made me who I am as far as uh, people knowing, like, hey, you, you want to go race? Here's a bike. You know, like, I've had a lot of awesome people offer me some awesome opportunities just to, just out of pure, you know, willingness to let me ride their motorcycle. And, you know, I thank everybody for that. And it's been a great, uh, great ride. But it's, sometimes I'm like, man, it'd be nice just to ride the same motorcycle three weekends in a row. So, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, you, you <laughs> so talked about my that. On that. Yeah, I like that a lot, and you know that definitely helps you, uh, you know, build your credibility. If you can put that motorcycle in the main event, then you can put my motorcycle in the main event. Maybe that's the mentality people have. So, is that kind of how getting to ride that Indian the last couple of races in 2017? How did that come about? Is that because of that reason? I think so. It was actually, uh, you know, I did get a call from. Uh, Dave Atherton, you know, Kevin Atherton's dad. And he's like, I was actually doing a school up in, uh, up in New Brunswick, Canada. So way up, up North in Canada and, uh, got a call and he's like, Hey, we got this, this Indian, uh, we want to take it racing. You know, you're not racing really anything right now. You know, Kevin Atherton says, you know, you're the best guy to throw in a motorcycle to see how it works. So uh-huh. that's, that's awesome. how that all fell apart. So I jumped, jumped in my van and drove drove back home got the wife and kids and drove over to texas <laughs> and then and then the most important part is you put it on the podium i actually got to interview you on the podium at a grand national and it had been a long time and that that had to have been a really cool feeling again oh it was it was really good i mean that whole day itself you know i had a uh, John Cornwall, they call him corn dog corn dog uh, there helping with yeah helping with um the only suspension because he's the only guy and just uh i mean literally that that night before the race you know uh 
um, Dean Young from SNS and Indian were there and they uh, showed us how to use the mapping system, you know, like, you know, as far as checking to make sure both cylinders are working right, you know, all that new data stuff that you, you were allowed to have and kind of look over. Um, he showed us how to use that. And then, um, you know, that next morning, John shows up and he's ripping apart the fork and dropping in, you know, this spring. And, you know, he, he knew that I was riding and I told him and uh, he just brought everything he needed, you know, whatever he flew with the stuff, threw it in my bike, went out first practice. And we actually were fastest for first practice, first or second that's practice a, qualifier. That's incredible. We ended up qualifying first. So <laughs> pretty much right off the floor, you know, came, came right off the, the showroom floor. Like you said, you changed some suspension stuff and there you go. Fast qualifier and put it on the podium. That's incredible. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a real eye opener for, for me as far as, uh, it kind of gave me faith in myself again as a rider. Like, you know, man, if I actually, you know, can, put something consistent together. Like, man, I can actually go out and I can still, I can still do this. I'm not just telling people how to do it in my school. And, uh, you know, I can actually, you know, do this, you know, cause I mentally I'm strong when I come to the racetrack, no matter what brand of motorcycle on, I mean, I, I'm going to win that day. Like that's my mentality. Like, has it happened? No, <laughs> it hasn't happened since uh, Daytona, you know, a long time ago that I won, but that when I come there every time, no matter what brand I'm on, I'm not, I'm not going there just to ride around. Like, you know, it's, it's not me, but I, I'm going there 110%. I visualized, I've done everything I can to put me in that situation to win. Have all the, the, the cards dealt correctly that day and, and no, but, um, you know, uh, it kind of, it gave me that re reinsurance in myself that, and if I come 110 focused and I ride a motorcycle like this and I have a, you know, somebody good in my corner, we will win races. You know, like I, I'm very confident in myself that um, it's a very still doable thing, even though I'm a, I joke, I'm a, I'm a part-timer, you know, I part-time raced basically my whole career. So, um, but I still confident in myself cause I, you know, I'm pretty, I think the schooling side of thing really helps that gives me that boost of confidence and understanding breaking down people they're good and bad you know and that was kind of the uh you know the thing the day of texas you know i was just able to watch brian smith and capitalize on his mistake i mean he's a former champion but you know these guys still make mistakes and it's just being aware of it you know and be able to capitalize and that's what that's what i do every day when i teach a school is i'm i'm looking for these guys mistakes i'm looking to make them better i'm looking at body position you know emotional you know, things that are in their emotions, you know, uh, the way they tense up just a little bit. That's all I do. That's all I do all the time is, is with no matter what rider it is. So that crossover is pretty good for me when I go racing. Yeah, it, it obviously is working. So, uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing before we get away from 2017, the season ended with a sixth place finish out in Paris after a little contact with the number 14 bike. So, uh, you walk us through that main event and, and tell us your your how that went down and through your eyes. Yeah, no, uh, Paris went. I mean, it went actually perfect. I think that was uh, even. It was even. It was much better than I think people think. You know, like they're like, oh, you know, I hit you for a second. I'm like, no, I we as a team we made a wrong decision on. Uh, we put a five rear tire on that. You know, they opened up the opportunity the opportunity to run a five or an eight, you know, I don't have the race knowledge that Jared Meese has, or, you know, Dave Zanotti or, or Jake Johnson or, you know, Brent Armbruster. I don't, I don't have that race. I'm like, I'm still a virgin. Like half these, these, these uh, pro single or these single riders have more race experience than I do, you know, in the last four years. So I just, um, we just made a wrong call on a tire. And, you know, I was like, all right, I got to get out there and I just got to conserve the tire. Well, you know, when Jared Meese gets off the line right in front of you, you're second. I mean, it is, it is no matter how much you tell yourself, you don't want to chase or you don't want to charge. You don't want to push that thing. Uh, it's just impossible. And I rode the five laps, you know, the, the first five laps is really the fourth lap is when I went, oh shit, I have, I have a softer tire on because I was chasing Jared. I was flicking the thing in just as hard as him. You know, I was right there. 
And then I literally went in my head to go, oh, oh I, need to, I need to back this thing down. So I started backing it down, and I knew then my tire was just, I mean, it was, it was heated up. It was, you know, not burned off. You know, the rubber wasn't gone, but just the, the amount of heat that I put in that tire was way too much for that time. And so I just started trying to back it down, back it down. And dude, I can't believe I, I hung on to second place till the 20th lap, you know, like just the way that tire, you know, was so heated up and I couldn't get that thing back under control. And, uh, I knew I was a roadblock. I heard everybody there, but, uh, you know, I tried to do as much as I could, but, you know, I don't, I wasn't mad at, at you know, Briar or anything like that for, for trying to make the pass. Cause I would have done the same thing. It was just, uh, you know, I think I think he could have done a little smarter, and then he wouldn't have made a mistake. You know, because it just mentally blew blew his load. You know, on on, on everything. So, um, you know, I really didn't say anything. All I walked by is, you know, I said, it just shows us everybody. You know, knows how smart you really are. You know, like, but that was it. You know, I was like, you know, I would have tried the same thing, but I think I might have tried to pursue it a little bit different way, a different part of the corner. So. Um, but for me, I learned a lot from that, that day. I learned, you know, more from that day than I did my third place, you know, and that's just how I try to tell these guys with my school or people that I train is you just got to break down every, every situation and learn from it. And, you know, like I said, I learned more from that race. I learned not to listen to everybody and their mother <laughs> about what tire put on the motorcycle. You know, it's like, I should have went with my gut feeling. I should have, you know, we shouldn't have been, Back, if we knew we were bouncing back and forth on an idea about 15 times within an hour, we should have just went with our gut, you know, so you live and learn. So I think it was, it was great. It was, it was, you know, obviously a second place, a third, and then a second place, you know, would have been amazing way to end a season on a motorcycle and, you know, everything for me, but I was still, I was still happy. You know, I still learned a lot from it. So it's all you can do. Uh, man, I, I love that. Uh, you know, a writer once told me, I don't lose, I win or I learn. So you learned a lot that day, and yep. it sounds like that day was even more important than your third-place finish. So, man, that's good stuff, Johnny. So um, a, a press release just recently came out from AFT announcing that you're teaming up with Richie Morris Racing, so part of the JL10 training, Johnny Lewis riding the, the twins. Uh, are those going to be the same twins that Jared Vandekoy was riding in 2017? Yep. So we're going to race Daytona together, most likely the TTs together, like all the TTs, because um, I'm about to, you know, announce more details on the rest of the season, but it was, um, you know, we really, you know, I, you know, Richie has came to me, you know, the last couple of years I've, I've, you know, cause I'm the guy that lives in Florida. So I've been setting up TT tracks and uh, you know, all the riders contact me, Hey, are you building a TT this year so we can test? And, you know, just kind of been, been that guy. So in that all Richie has re reached out to me and ran a tracks for me. And then I've also, you know, helped a little bit with, you know, just kind of uh, giving some advice on certain things. And, uh, so we just, we had a really good connection, you know, like we, we get along really well. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit last year, we were trying to put something together, but he just didn't get the funding to do a twins program. Um, but then I, he asked me something about Daytona. I said, like, yeah, I don't really have anything, you know, at the, at the time, like I haven't really, didn't really have anything. I had some stuff in the works and that fell through. So he's, well, I got my Cowleys if you want to race them. I said, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Cause you know, Jerry Van Coy was running second on the thing and then had a little, you know, there was a little issue and, you know, it didn't, didn't finish. But, um, I said, well, the suspension's good. The brakes are good. You know, the Kawasaki's one, two of three main, you know, TT main events last year. I said, well, yeah, let's do it. And like, I get along with James Hart and Nick Daniels really well, who are like the mechanics of the team and they're all excited about it. So, um, I said, yeah, let's, let's do Daytona. And then, uh, you know, so everything goes and then, you know, but we're also, we're still, we're planning on doing, you know, Peoria and then, uh, you know, the, the Buffalo, Buffalo chip. chip all on. Yep. yep. Do all the TTs for Richie, uh, um, on that, you know, so, um, I think it'd be good. It'd be a good platform for me for the TTs. I'd ride the same bike at all three TTs. You know, we're working on a test day here in the next couple, uh, next week or so. So we're we're getting close, and uh, you know, I'm excited. I haven't raced a TT, and it feels like forever. I think the last one was uh, I don't I don't even know. I think 
I haven't, I haven't done it in a long time. It's like, it's been five, six years since I raced the TT just because of scheduling and conflicts and, uh, not having bikes or whatever it is. And everybody's like, well, dude, you're like probably one of the best motocrossers and you have a super moto background. Why don't you race TTs? And it's just things didn't align. So, you know, I'm pretty excited coming into it. Cause I, like I said, I do, I do ride motocross a bunch, a lot. Um, pretty good at it. And then, you know, also ride supermoto. I, you know, I've raced in Europe, raced in supermoto. I raced, you know, factory KTM. So the whole braking, turning, jumping stuff is, is pretty, pretty simple to me <laughs> in a sense compared to other flat trackers. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. I think it'd be good. We got a good, good group of guys. Um, he's got Ryan Wells on the 450. So it'll be a pretty, uh, I think the energy on the whole program coming in Daytona will be pretty cool. And then, you know, from there, you know, kind of give you a little insight is, uh, I did have a guy purchase me, a, a, an FDR 750, you know, so, um, I never even met the guy face to face, but it was through, uh, uh, Jamie nicely, um, who has been around the flat track scene for years. He's like, Hey, I got this guy interested in buying one. You know, he's thinking about putting it on a shelf because there's a lot of those guys collecting these things. And he's like, he much rather have somebody ride it and, you know, like, then put it on the shelf, you know, if, if you, you know, put the thing on the podium or, you know, get some cool pictures. So that was kind of how that fell apart. So right now we're still, still early stages. We're just building, trying to build, you know, enough fun to go racing. But at least I know I have a bike, you know, like I have an FTR to go racing when I can. So I think that's um, pretty exciting for me as far as uh, knowing the capabilities of the motorcycle, obviously, you know, it's, it's another off season. And then the, the factory guys have been working on their stuff. You know, all these other guys are coming out with the FTR. So it's going to level the playing field, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with everybody. If we're all in XR, you know, XR 100s, all stock XR 100s. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty cool with that. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really, really competitive season with that, you know, and put a couple guys on these FTRs. And then we got, you know, Harley, you know, those guys stepping up the program and, you know, adding Sammy to one of those and, you know, uh, stuff like that. So I think, uh, I think it'll be pretty, pretty solid 2018 as far as racing goes. I'm pretty excited to be able to be part of it when I can be still. Dude, that that's super exciting stuff. I can't wait to see you out there on the circuit and, you know, you know, being competitive again. And, and, you know, like you said, you've been a part-time racer. Is there any chance in the future that you would hit this, you know, the series and, and run one, at least one full year and, and go for the championship? <laughs> have you, have you thought about that? Oh, I thought about it. And I, uh, I mean, it was after, uh, you know, basically after Paris, I thought it was going to happen. Um, you know, the, with the guys that I was riding for last year, um, those last couple of races on the Indian, you know, we had a deal, pretty much like ready to sign a paper. And then the day I call, you know, to kind of like, uh, you know, kind of move forward on it. They're like, yeah, we, we actually signed Kenny Kubath. And I'm like, Oh, well, you just told me yesterday, everything was good. And you know, we're going to move forward with it. And then it was like, Oh yeah, we, we just signed Kenny Kubath. So, um, you know, I, I don't know why that whole deal changed like that. I still am like, Oh, that's kind of weird. And that that's basically in the conversation, but you know, then I, you know, then I still believe everything happens for a reason. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think a better opportunity with, with somebody that would connect with me a little better, um, you know, cause this is a partnership, you know, it's a, it's a connection you have to have with, you know, the team and the, and the mechanic and the trust in somebody that you really, you really trust to work on your motorcycle to go out there and, and do what you got to do. Um, you know, I, I, it, maybe it just wasn't the right thing and it, it happened for that reason. So I look at it that way. I'm not, not mad at anybody, um, for that. It just, uh, it would have been nice. Like I was pretty, pretty damn excited. Like, yeah, finally get to ride the same motorcycle, every race, have the funding to not have to sweat about, you know, trying to gain sponsors and all that kind of stuff just to get to the track. But, uh, you know, if we don't, if we don't work hard, we don't, we don't, we don't get what we want. So we'll just continue to keep, keep pushing like we do with that and you know like i do with my school and it's it's getting to be what i want and you know just tying everything together is uh it's all it's all coming together so yeah i mean i would love to i think i think i have the pieces of the puzzle um to do it you know i think that the talent 
you know, the, uh, everything's there, the mindset, you know, to run a full schedule, you know, my kids are getting to that age where it's kind of easier to travel, you know, two years ago, it would, it would have been tough, you know, newborn and a uh, two year old, but you know, the kids are starting to get to that point where everything's kind of aligning pretty well that, you know, I, I, I think that 2019 could be the year of, uh, you know, trying to go do a full season, you know, if, if we have some good results and we can get some funding and go after it, you know, go after it hard. So God, kind that'd, of be, the, that'd be in the awesome. Back of my mind mindset. Yep. Yeah, yeah I would love to see that for sure. So, uh, you know, I've been dying to have you on the show. And, and uh, one of our Twitter followers, Big Meat, he reached out to me and said, hey, man, I want to hear from Johnny Lewis. So I appreciate your time for sure. I want to wrap this <laughs> up by some, some cool. real quick general questions. And, uh, you know, just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. I know this first one's kind of hard because you you eat, you know, probably better than any of the racers out there. But what's your favorite place to eat when you're out there on the road? <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. You know, I'm a plant based I do plant based. So the 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 best thing for me is is with being a plant based, you know, athlete which is, you know, considered vegan, um is uh we really search and we find, you know, these cool little, you know, uh places to go eat, you know. So we don't I mean, we don't eat at fast food places. We don't eat at your you know, steak and shake. We don't, you know, everything, these names of these places are, you know, these are mom and pop little shops or, you know, a boyfriend and girlfriend that got into it. So that's kind of probably the coolest thing about my food lifestyle is that we search and we find these niche places and it's, uh, you know, you're surrounded by, you know, I'm a very holistic, I'm a very energy feeling kind of guy. And, uh, you know, you go into these food places and, you know, you go to, Outback and everything, and just the mix of people. You go to like, you know, a plant-based place. Everybody's there for kind of a, the same reason, you know. And it's like it really draws you in. So, to not elaborate too far, but that's yeah. I don't, I don't have a favorite place because every uh, every place has something different. We change it up. I gotcha. Do you have a uh, a funniest moment of 2017, whether that be on the track, you know, going to a race, or just you know, at the 10 training school? Oh man, I, I laugh a lot. You know, it's with, with, with the students, with, with everybody, you know, I think some of the best laughter though is, is, has been from my son, you know, the three-year-old, you know, age has, uh, has been amazing. So, you know, uh, the laughter, the best in times is, is, is came from him, you know, so I don't have one time cause it's, you know, every day we find something to laugh about. Does he own a pair of shoes or he's always barefoot? <laughs> He's barefoot. The only time he puts shoes on when I make him, I make him put his boots on is when he uh, tries to ride his, you know, electric motorcycle that I got for him. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. we're 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 trying to have Michael Locke on the program here pretty soon. So that being said, if you were in charge of the AFT series, what would be the first thing you would change? Man, hope Michael Locke. No, I'm just joking. I'm pretty good pretty good with gene that gene guy there too over at american flat track i think their guys are doing a great job with, with everything i think there are uh, a lot of ideas on developing the sport and all that kind of stuff you know my biggest thing is uh you know trying just to to connect to new new and more people and um trying to build more of a an image for the riders all around maybe not just uh maybe not just the top guys but you know trying to include the riders that you know don't don't get the exposure in different ways so i think some people get too much exposure sometimes with, with stuff and it, it's part of winning races and being on top but um trying to find that balance there is uh, something that i think is really key for for growth you know showing the personalities of of not even the top guys but the day in the lives of you know the everybody struggling you know trying to just get to the racetrack and stuff so I think they're doing a great job at it. I think they could just do, I think personally, I think it could do better. And that, that, you know, people can connect, you know, fans can connect to um, somebody like, you know, just using somebody like Cole, Cole uh, a little easier than connecting to, you know, Jared Mees or Brian Smith. I mean, personally, I don't know what Brian Smith does. You know, nobody really does, you know, he doesn't post much, you know, stuff like that, where um, 
it's it's good, you know, it's good and it's bad, but um, you know, I really think there just is a little bit more um, just try and connect the fans and, and put it that, Hey, we're all real people. Cause sometimes it almost seems like, you know, or not, you know, uh, if the top guys aren't real people, they're just, they're just machines, but they're really just real people. So I just trying to find that balance is the biggest thing I think. And I think that would draw more people to be interested in the sport. You know, it kind of seems like it's a, a sport you just can't get into it, but it could be. So I just, I think finding that connection is, is the biggest thing. I like that a lot, Johnny. I started doing this, you know, this podcast because I wanted to get behind the scenes and, and learn more about the riders that, that aren't necessarily on the podium every week. So I, I love doing it, you know, try to promote the sport and and make a connection with the fan to the riders. So I, I love doing this and, and definitely appreciate your time. But uh, I got a couple more questions before we let you go. Who's your toughest competition out there? <laughs> I tell everybody this, it's myself. Like I... I'm a very, you know, like as this interview goes on, it's, you can tell I'm, I'm competitive against myself. I'm not competitive against other people, you know, like goes back to the racing side of things. Like, I just don't feel like I, I've given my full performance. So that's what keeps me driving each weekend is, you know, I don't care if I, you know, I beat these guys. It's scary. I just, I just want that performance that I feel like I can get. And that's, that's a, uh, you know, it's that ongoing battle I have with myself. So you know, all my students, you know, will, will agree. That's what I say every time is, is I'm, I'm my toughest critic. I am my hardest competition and that's the way it should be. Dude. I love that answer. It's the best answer we've had so far. I think a uh, couple more. <laughs> uh, what, what do you do with all the trophies that you win? I mean, do you have a sp- special place for them? <laughs> I really haven't, I haven't won much trophies since, you know, I mean, I won a bunch with my race supermoto all my Daytona trophies. Um, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm not a, I don't hold on to things. I'm like the worst when it comes to, uh, holding on to things. I think one of my Daytona trophies is at my buddy's shop in, uh, uh, Pennsylvania that I, I managed this KTM dealership. I think one's there. I think some of my other stuff's in my other buddy's basement. Once I moved out of Pennsylvania, um, you know, my leathers, I, I give away to people. Um, you know, fans or, uh, class of 79 and they can, you know, do some charity stuff with them. Um, you know, last set of leathers I gave to Robbie, Bobby Lennon, um, or my triumph set of leathers. Cause he owns a triumph dealership and I did a school at his place and, um, you know, factory KTM leathers all over the place. So, and then, my, <laughs> you know, the trophy that I got at Texas, I actually want, but I, I've been able to get it back from, <laughs> the team that I wrote for you, I, I just have it. They, the, they was at the dealership on display and then kind of, I just, you actually just reminded me and I needed to call <laughs> to call to get it back. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty cool uh, trophy. And I don't know if it's just cause it's my last one I haven't had in a while. I'm like, oh, I want that thing back to hold for a little bit. Kind of, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a, yeah, they're spread out everywhere. I'm just, I love, I love everybody else seeing enjoyment out of what I do. And that's kind of, you know, ties into what I do with the schooling stuff too. So just, uh, share, share the joy there, Scotty, just share the joy. Well, on that note, I collect helmets and I've got a Corey Texter, a Jared Vandekoy, a Chris Carr and a Scotty Parker. I don't have a Johnny Lewis helmet yet. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> on that note, I'm actually the worst when it comes to, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to save this helmet. And then I go and I wear it at Lima. Yeah. And then it gets destroyed, you know, and then I, you know, so <laughs> I'll see if I can dig through, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, okay. you know, I, I love, I love Jeff and I love Arai. They keep me safe, but I keep them. I use those things until, until they are worn out. You know, I ride so much that, uh, I, I usually wear out everything I get. <laughs> well, I, I don't care if it's worn out as long as it's your helmet. It's got an autograph with JL 10 on the front. So hang on, hang on one for me. What is your favorite track? It could be, you know, flat track, supermoto, motocross. It doesn't matter. I don't even care. It could be a supercross track. What is your favorite track? <laughs> Man, you, you asked me this stuff and it's, I'm such a, I hate not being able to give you like one certain track. It's like my favorite track. And I, you know, just going from, cause I, I talk about this with, with students and stuff. It's, I say every track is my favorite track because it has to be. You have to love that track. If you're like, oh, well, that track was shit, this and that. So it's tough, you know. Everybody's like, oh, you probably love Daytona Short Track because you won it. No, I hate, I, you know, 
I did not enjoy riding Daytona short track. You know, I, I, I went good all the time there, but to me, that wasn't like, you know, you weren't able to ride, you know, like that whole let loose, let that thing float around, bounce off the corner, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the times, you know, like the most challenging track is kind of my favorite and that I haven't really been able to get the full potential out of, and it's Lima, you know, like Lima is one of those tracks that you think you have it down. You think you're doing good. And then it just kicks your butt. And I just, uh, I just, I love that because I'm still chasing that, that like perfect lap around Lima. You know, I've, I've got it in practice. You know, I've qualified first. I've, uh, I've sat on pole at Lima, uh, back when I rode to Kawasaki there. And, uh, you know, and now it's like, but then I, I wasn't able to execute in the main event. You know, I led some laps, but wasn't able to put it all together. And I think that's, that's actually my favorite track because to me, it's like, one of the tracks you just can't you can't get perfect and if you get close to perfect you know perfect you know uh feeling on that track is kind of uh what you know then then you're doing something you know like but briar when he went last year the kid he did not ride that track perfect but he he put it all together you know and like he was he was making it work and that's what i think you know that's what's cool about a track like that is where you just have to kind of step outside that comfort zone a little bit, drive it in, you know, do, do everything you can. And just, just to put it together, you know, and that's, you know, to me, that's, that's my, I guess that would be my favorite track. So that's why I, I usually try to find a motorcycle for, for, for Lima because it always, uh, it always seems to kick my ass. Well, that's the, the most unusual answer for favorite track that I've gotten, but I totally get it. I, <laughs> I understand. And I loved it. I'm not normal, uh, Scotty. Well, I know that, but that, that's what makes Johnny Lewis uh, so great, man. You're not normal. You're you're different. I appreciate your time. You're such a busy guy, and I love following you on social media. The 2012 Daytona Short Track winner. Last year, 16th in the points, JL10. Johnny Lewis, thanks so much for your time. I'm looking forward to watching you in 2018, and I hope we can catch up along the way and, and uh, you know follow your progress through 2018, man. I, I wish you well. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. That was good. That was Johnny Lewis.